When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Miss Roseanne Bar, me in slippers and pajamas, this bar in bed with a nice cup of coffee. And we were just talking about, as everyone that watches this podcast knows, I can't go an episode without mentioning my brother. And we were talking about that and kind of how the pains in life help you, though traumatizing, they teach you humility. And they also, they also kind of make you not care about anything else and not in a negative, you know, fast and loose guns blazing way, but more so you know, it kind of rolls off your back, but we were just talking about canceling. And I had actually never thought about that before. You said when they give you a term that's now canceled, my logic has always been use it more, but you just said, no, invent a new term that gets closer and closer to the truth and always be reinventing, kind of make them play whack-a-mole. So can you go, can you go into that a little more? Cause that's the opposite of what I've always done. I always double down and use the words more. But you're saying make new words. Yeah, keep it, you know, the, the reason why they really um, get these certain words banned is because then they can easily turn them into code words and that that activates people. Because I really do think, you know, um, they want to activate people. And um, to turn on each other and hate and all that stuff. But, you know, just, uh, you know, I hope that, I just hope that won't happen because that would just be the worst thing. It would just be the worst, worst thing, not the best thing, the worst thing that we would turn on each other because it seems like everything is pointing to they that's how uh they want us divided and it, that just weakens us we've got to find common ground to stand on and i don't think there's all that much uncommon ground really if you really look at it and really talk to people in this country and i think we have more common ground than uh, less common ground and so I, I always say the prayer to expand the common ground and the dialogue around the common ground with common sense common language uh, you know you know which I consider for the common good because that's God God is really about the common good don't you agree yeah yeah it yeah I, I think there I think there's vastly more common ground than uncommon ground i mean i look at you know i look at guys i grew up with and you know maybe they are far left maybe i'm far right or vice versa and it's like but dude we went to the same high school together we had the same fake ids together we got in trouble together you know first time you ever made out with a girl you know we went to college parties together i've seen them get older we've gone through different jobs and we've had our own respective losses and gains and marriages and births 
And the one thing we differ on is like we check a different box in the election ballot. And that's what I always try to come back to is like, what do I want out of life? I like that the power's on in my apartment. I like going to the gym every morning. I like doing this podcast. Yeah. How is that wildly different than anyone else? I mean, we all want to drink some beer and eat some pizza and play video games or smoke pot. If you wanted to control people, you would remove that common ground. And you'd say, you see this one little part of the pie chart where you guys don't agree? That one tiny little sliver? They want to put a sledgehammer in that. I just want to amplify because it keeps us all busy, you know, keeps us all busy. And, you know, there's an element of truth in everything, too, but just driving it and driving it and driving it. You know, uh, we better we better really figure out what it is we want. And, you know, I think people are doing that. And I think they're figuring out, wait a minute. I think we're going to be judged on what we've allowed to happen in our own name. At some point in God's big directory, we are going to have to face that one. You know, what did we allow while we were busy ignoring stuff and uh, or just accepting things and not really looking into them or just hoping things were like that when they weren't or or being beat being um, harassed into submission of, okay, I'll go along, I'll just go along, I'll go along, I'll go along, I'll go along. And, you know, until there's not much left to go along with or against. But um, man, you know, it's it's about... uh, there's so many things on the line that people, I just, it gets me that nobody's really articulating what's so much on the line and what we have to do about it and how we have to help each other draw it back into our control and not just have given up, given up, given up. But to say, oh, I am responsible for what my child learns at school because those are but not to be ashamed of that, but to go, damn, my kid will be learning what I know helps him or her or they or whatever the hell get a good job in the next century because nobody's thinking like that at all. Nobody's thinking about, it seems like everybody in power is just thinking about a big fat end that's coming up. And I don't know why they're thinking that way. It's, I think you hit on it perfectly. It's the realization and then the admission to oneself that there is no such thing as idle neutrality or just watching from the sidelines, right? So many times, I'm 31. It's very easy growing up and you're in middle school, you're in high school. Are you for the Iraq war? Are you against it? And you're like, dude, I'm 16. I, you know, it's very easy. Kick it aside, kick it aside. I'm not for that. I'm not, I didn't make that guy homeless. I'm also not helping him. Not my problem. Not my problem. You you know, what's going on? And is there a genocide in Africa? You're like, eh, it's over there. It's, you can kind of push it away. But eventually you do have to start to look at it and go, hey, I've read enough history. I've had on Richard Rhodes who wrote the book, uh, 
Masters of Death about the Einsatzgruppen, who were the precursors to the concentration camps. They would come in after the German army invaded, and they would bring all the women and children out into the woods and kill them. 30,000 at a time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And eventually you have to start looking at things and going, I can't put my head in the sand anymore. I have to stand up and say, and it's regardless of what people's beliefs are, hey, man, you have a right to say what you want to say. The second we start going, this person's no longer allowed to talk. That person's no longer allowed to talk. And you look at it, and although it's not as dramatic as World War II, well, I don't want to get banned from Instagram, so I'm just, I didn't say anything. But just don't spread misinformation. It doesn't. The abuser doesn't eventually let up and go, okay, you gave in, now you know, I'll let you go now. They keep pushing it. Well, now we can't talk about this, and now we can't talk about that. And eventually it dawns on you that we've backed ourselves into this corner, and all you wanted to do, and I get it, is, hey, leave me alone. I'm just doing this thing in my apartment. Leave me alone. But eventually the fight comes to your door and as i was just saying to you before we started recording and as everyone's heard on this podcast i lost my brother to suicide it and mm. that's something where you realize in hindsight that there is no neutrality maybe you have everyone has, everyone's got a friend that they're worried about oh, he's been drinking more lately his wife left him or, or you know she's you know she's kind of been saying these kind of coded things but yeah no she'll be fine she'll be fine she'll be fine and then a suicide does happen. I've lost an uncle to suicide. And eventually in, in, you are forced to examine it. And you start going, you have, to be, you have to risk being hyperbolic and going, hey, guys, I'm worried about Bob. Bob's been drinking a lot. You have to risk people going, dude, Bob's fine. He's always been dramatic. And Bob might actually be fine. Right. But there are times when you do lose a brother that now when you see a friend who's maybe a little more quiet lately, hasn't really been hanging out with anybody, you got to go, there's no neutrality, guys. Hey, Bob, how are you doing, man? Nine out of ten times, he's going to say, I'm fine, leave me alone. And I know personally from friends who are not named Bob, some of them say, dude, I just fucking need someone to talk to. Now, that's a very personal, very closed, very singular situation regarding suicide of loved ones. But in a very real way, as you were saying, we're heading towards a suicide as a nation because we're all looking at it and ah, I don't want to I don't want to look. That's not my problem. I, I do this. I don't want to. You have to stand up and go, hey, guys, what's going on? How come we're banning people left and right? Why are we firing people for not doing this? Why are we dismantling the military? How come we're not? Don't bring that up. You're a racist. How come we're not guarding the southern border? Why are we leaving weapons in Iraq? What the hell happened in the 2020 election? Where did COVID come from, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist? Yes, I get it. And I get that it makes me look like a psychopath. And to an extent, I probably am. But you have... Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, wait, what? 
I'm sure you are. Oh, I absolutely am. I know I am. That's uh, if you if you're on this podcast, you are by association a psychopath too. So welcome <laughs> to the club. But is that is, am I kind of hitting on it? Is that you're saying we have a hard time articulating it? Did I get anywhere close to that, or was that just a complete word salad? Yeah, it was a complete word salad. I was okay. following. Okay. I'll I take was, it. Yeah, I can go there with you in so many different ways because I felt all those things myself. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but man, it's uh, really, it's really fucked when they come after comedy. That's yeah. just kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a special kind of fucked when they come after the comedy of like the only woman who ever made it in comedy really to do her own comedy thing. That's who they canceled, you know? So it never really changes for me. And I felt like, you know, it was, uh, I was always trying, you know, I was always in some kind of trouble or threat out here, you know, from the left and the right. I, you know, I've made mistakes that enraged everybody at one time or another. And I was grateful for it because I felt um, at the time, hey, well, you know, I'm getting a reaction and getting people to talk about things, which is what I like doing on TV, getting people to talk about things that, you know, affected people as I saw them in the real world and such. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And, uh... Yeah, so, but uh, I knew that they were going to come after comedy a long time ago. I knew when they signed the NDAA that they were going to come after comedians. And I knew, I, I knew, I just knew it. I should never have, you know, left my home. <laughs> I was a stupid idiot. But, um, you know. Yeah, they're 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 never gonna quit either. You know, they just don't like comedy because they don't like anything that's real. Well, one thing I did learn, and that is because they're not funny. <laughs> yeah, they are so not funny, and they do not get fucking comedy at all, which is testament to every movie of the last twenty years, or with a few exceptions. Absolutely don't get comedy. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? <clears throat> it's like how, I mean, even the king, his hubris was not, I mean, he would still have a, a jester about once a year to come in and go, hey, you, your head looks like a bowling ball. And the entire people of everywhere would laugh. They'd get a laugh on the king once a year. And that's how power was largely kept in a lot of ways. Well, we don't even get to laugh at that. We don't even get to laugh at power now. Uh, Biden made sure of that. 
for Christ's sake, we don't get to tell any Biden jokes, do we? No, you can't. That's uh, that's racist. Colbert's Biden jokes. His president of the United States jokes. Where's them? Trump ain't the president. What are they doing? They're trying to drive me crazy. I know it. I'm in some kind of a fucking secret CIA chamber <laughs> where they're trying to deprive me of like anything logical at all. I know. It seems that way. I don't know why, but nothing makes any kind of fucking sense whatso-fucking-ever. It's the backward of sense, and then they took it and turned it upside down about 16 times. <laughs> you can't even write a joke. It's so fucking inverted. <laughs> uh, have you ever listened to any, and I think you have, have you ever listened to Tim Dillon? Of course. I've, the, I've never heard him. I know, He's I, so I, funny. He is, to me, he has been the voice of sanity. He was the lifeboat that got me through the pandemic because oh. it all seemed so insane. And then you just have Tim Dillon out there and be like, guys, let's call it what it is. It's the fucking end, all right? The Chinese released a bioweapon. We had the last two centuries. The next one's theirs. Trump didn't do anything to stop it. The left has taken a hold of it. All you can do is put on a black mask and go throw a brick through a window. No justice, no peace. It's the end, guys. Have some fun while you're here. And to Oh, me, no, he's not saying that. But that's the thing is he'll say that and then he'll do the next episode and talk about how it's not the end. What I love about him is he shreds everything. Nothing is holy. And when you hear that, it, it lets off steam. It lets off steam. But I you, know, but I'm old, so I don't go for it anymore i'm old you you guys are gonna have to admit that that i'm old and you know that is like really in the way things work in the world and the cosmos that means i'm smarter than you oh yeah you agree right a thousand thousand percent yes yes okay good thank god yes so i just uh I guess we well, all we can do is we just this is what I've been like thinking all this time, you know. You've just got to get funnier now than you could ever fucking dare to get funny ever before. You've got to get so fucking funny right now that they can't deny that they have pee in their pants without any control. The joke has to be a slam right to the fucking heart of the beast, which is the kidneys. And that, you know, opens up all the pee when then you go, ha, you laugh so hard. You piss yourself. That's the kind of laugh we've got to have now in this world to restore sanity. I'm serious. No, because you're right. It's an, it has to be so funny that the censors at YouTube can't censor the video because they're laughing so hard. Because humor is the one thing that you can't... It's easier to hold in tears than it is to hold in a laugh. No shit. So hit them right where, to the point where even Colbert, that soulless corporate bastard, you have to make him laugh. It has to be involuntary. Like when the doctor hits your kneecap and your, your leg goes like that, that's what it yeah. has to be. It's got to get right to the zen of the God. joke. Yeah. It's got to get to the fucking kishka of the joke, <laughs> as we would say, back when I was alive. You are alive, and I won't, I won't hear otherwise. Well, 
I am very much alive, unfortunately, for some. <laughs> I mean to die. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, and um, I'm just believing all the things that I always hoped were true. And I found out in this period in the Gethsemane where I was cast. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This last five years, my own personal guest sent me there. Um, I found out that uh, you've just got to be funnier than you've ever been before. You've got to dare to be funnier and bigger about it than ever before. So I'm trying to figure out exactly what that means. I guess it would mean complete nudity. That's what I think it would mean in my case. If I was to start nudity with pure nudity, dancing around in public spaces. Just flinging shit. Just dancing my tits off in front of people when they least expected it. Or maybe a porn movie. Maybe that would do it. I'm trying to think what what I... What if you did a stand-up set while having sex? No. Has anyone ever done that? No, I could never. No, nobody (laughs) could do... No one could live through that. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe people have done that. I bet somebody's done that. You're saying you got to get funnier than ever before. Maybe it's like going in like it's like Christopher Columbus going to the New World. Maybe you truly got to be like fuck podcasts, fuck these zingers. You really got to embark on like we're going porn. over the edge of the flat Earth. What's that mean? <laughs> it means it means porn. It means doing comedy while having sex, and we'll do it in one of Bezos's like uh, zero G flights. I mean, just turn the world upside down. <laughs> something has to happen you gotta Good just twist everything you gotta i just have to believe I, my thing is i have to trust that what i believed my whole life mattered that it did indeed matter when the time came you know you know what i mean no 100 percent. you've got to know that you got to know that if right now in the middle of this podcast, I have an aneurysm and I'm done, you got to uh-huh. be at peace at every moment. And I, and I, that's one thing I can say that for the last two years, really the last two years out of my 31 years, although turbulent and insane, there is something that I've had that I've never had in 29 years. And it's every night I go to bed and I go, man, man, I'd love to live another 50 years, but if this is it, what would I do differently today? Nothing. I went to the gym. I worked out. I took a shower. I meditated. I'm going to call my mom later. I'm interviewing Roseanne fucking Barr right now. Tonight's Thursday. I take Thursday nights off. I'm going to get some beer and play a video game. What would I do differently if I knew tomorrow was my last day? Nothing. And I can say that consecutively for the last two years. There is nothing I would do differently. 
well, man, you know, should I have done something? I interviewed the doctors that are talking about COVID. And if I got banned, good, fuck them. I got banned. I said, you know what? I think Trump won the election. I think there was a communist coup. Am I crazy? Maybe, probably. But I felt that that was in my heart and I still do. And I'll stand for that. 18 years ago, if you had said that you don't believe there's WMDs in Iraq, you'd be canceled for misinformation and spreading hate speech. But you have to know that whether or not it actually does turn the tide, we don't know that. I had on Keith Rose, a former commando, and he said you have to understand that sacrifice isn't always transactional. A lot of soldiers die without actually seeing the war won. You have to understand that you might not see the change, but so long as you know you did your part, that's peace. And I'm, every night I go to bed and I'm, there's still a lot to do, but I'm okay if it ends. What's the big deal? What's the big change everybody's wanting? Exactly. What, 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 what is, is As Ram Dass said, this is it. Yeah. If this isn't it, there isn't any. It's this. Yeah. Utopia's not coming. The 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 big thing where we finally make it. It's it's the carrot hanging in front of you. It's not it's not fucking there. It's right here. And if you can't find happiness right here, you're not gonna find it tomorrow. If I can't enjoy tonight, how am I gonna enjoy tomorrow night? Because tomorrow night all I'm gonna be thinking about is tomorrow night and the next night. It's right here. Yeah, and now. Yes, that is the beauty of, med- you know, our mutual friend, John Barnwell. That's the beauty of meditation. The best meditation isn't, well, one day when we create utopia. No, no, no. The best meditation, go further and further inward. And you're just happy being right here. Just right here. Mm-hmm. And it's a joy that you can't compare. LSD is great. Psilocybin's fun. A good meditation that will turn your world inside out because it's just right here and it's just peace. And that's all there is. That's really all there is. The perfect comedy. What if you do it? What if you do the porno comedy? What if fucking, you know, the whole COVID narrative falls apart? What if my podcast becomes the biggest podcast? It's fucking nothing. What are you going to do? How many more cars are you going to buy? Well, as I was saying, I I learned that it's about uh, trusting God, you know, because that's the thing I wanted to know was 100% in me. And I'd gotten a lot of fights with God, you know. God knows this to be true. And, you know, I won a few and uh, lost a few. But um, at least in my opinion, I did. But um, yeah, I held on to my uh, connection there. And that was good. I never let go of my connection, you know. It's good, good. I'm so happy that I had the connection and I held on to it. And I, you know, breathed it in again you know, and re, you know, uh, regained, remorsed, repented, redid, re-everything, redemption, all those re-things that you do. I don't know. Then you just go, you know what, I...
don't give a fuck. I just give a fuck about like trying to come up with the best joke in the whole fucking world. I'm really, really trying to work it up. I know I'm going to do it too. I have to give myself some credit there. I, I can feel I'm going to do it because I've, I've been writing and, you know, I feel I'm going to come up with at least one more really good joke before I croak. So I'm living for that. That's, you know, I would say probably the best thing that's happened to me in the last two years is despite all my best efforts, reestablishing a connection with God. Growing up Roman Catholic, private Catholic school, got to go to mass every Sunday. You kind of start to resent it. You get older and you become 16. You become edgy. I'm an atheist, you know. There's no God. And you become oh, we religion. all do that yeah, when you do it all. You know what? It goes along with the chronic masturbation. <laughs> I figured it all out. When yeah. you're see, with that is when you go, there is no God. You're chasing a fake God. You're just, it's, there's no God. This is God. And then, yeah. And then, yeah. But, yeah, you replace yourself. Yeah. But. And I mean, I, I know, it because, like I told you, I interviewed Charlie Duke, the 10th man to walk on the moon, who's like 90 and sharp as a tack. What did he say? Did he say we really went to the moon? Yeah. Yeah. Or did he say they filmed it in Vegas? No, I wish he was saying it was going to be in Vegas filmed by Stanley Kubrick. But no, he actually pointed out something much different. I was like, what, what, you know, what then? You go to the moon. And he's like, well, honestly, it's kind of depressing. Because Really? Well, you know, you want to be a pilot. Above that, you want to be a fighter pilot. The golden, the the holy grail is becoming a test pilot because you're testing planes no one's even ever flown before. Above that is you go to space. Above that is you go and walk on the moon. You did it. You, you, you won the Super Bowl and it's covered in diamonds. But then you come back. He said he started drinking a lot. He said he was a terrible father. You chase all that's what Buzz Aldrin says too. You start to chase these things to get that feeling back. And then what he told me is from his words, and it's it's episode two sixteen, you can go find it. The only thing better than walking on the moon is walking with Christ. And he said just said it very simply as as a scientific guy. Because I told him, I remember I told him after we were recording, I was like, I've had trouble kind of believing for over a decade now. And he goes, Tommy, just, he goes, you meditate? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, just ask God to come into your heart. He goes, that's simple. And he goes, if it doesn't happen, well, then, you know, I was going to tell you, maybe, maybe it's not there. And so I just thought, I was like, well, here's a scientific guy that, you know, Roseanne, is there such thing as gravity? I don't know. Just drop it. Just drop it. Just drop it. Oh, shit. It fucking fell. So as simple as one plus one's two, I was meditating that night and I was like, God. You know, I gave it the old college try. Took 30 seconds. Said, God, mm-hmm. you're there. As per Mr. Duke, please come into my heart. My life's been infinitely better in the last 15 months. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Well, did he come in there? Yeah, or something did. Or it's drugs. I don't know. Well, what did you feel? I mean, did you immediately feel something come in there? No, but in the following days and weeks, I started to... I started to feel more purpose. I started to have less fear. Cool. Started to have less fear. 
And I noticed that I had not necessarily that things just went well. I won the lottery. I found it. There was a much louder voice in my head that when I would argue with someone or get mad with someone, there'd be something in my head that says, Hey, maybe, maybe you're in the wrong or even this person's in the wrong. I would start to see them as, Hey dude, this person was once a a little baby too. They still have love in them. And it's allowed me to do that with people that I can't stand. Wow, you're but, way better than me. I just want to start slapping the shit out of so people. Do, so do I. See, I'm old, so I'm telling you. That's oh, no, what oh, no, 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 no. Let me clarify. The desire to slap the shit out of people has never gone away. Okay, good. What I've become aware of yeah. is that there's an option to see love oh. in them. And that's something that... Well, I so, guess you put it that way. Yeah, and you still got to act on it. You still got to act on it, right? It's well, like, I give them a couple chances to straighten up and fly right. But they got to be warned. You yeah. go go like this. Okay, here's your warning. Now, you, you're not going to get more than two more. Yeah. yeah. Before, you're going to bring down the very wrath of me upon you. What? And you don't want to do that. In this world, I'm warning them right now. They don't want to do that. That's why I, you know, forgive so that I don't blow up. You know what I mean? Because if I don't forgive people, nobody's ever going to forgive me. Well, that's right? that's precisely it. And yeah. that's sort of answer your question. And since I don't forgive them, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to go back to bed. I love Absolutely. talking to you, but I'm tired now. Good. No. I'm, I, no I'm so lucky that. I can lay in bed, eat farmhouse cookies, and just sleep whenever I want. Do you know how lucky I am? Thank you, God. I get to thank you, God. I go to work in slippers now. My bed is six feet that way. As soon as this is over, I'm going to go get some beer and some Taco Bell. You know what I'm talking I know about. exactly what you're talking about. Hey, you, know, you, know, you know what I would say? I would say that's proof of God more than anything is I'm self-employed and I get to wear pajamas and any given day I can cancel the next week of podcast and say I'm sleeping for a week. So there's your answer. There's God. God was like, hey, man. Pray for, the, pray for the world that people see through all the bullshit. Start helping your neighbor, loving your neighbor, forgiving your neighbor and move on with it for crying out loud, people. And be funny. Funnier than okay, you've ever yeah. been. Funny. Funnier Ro- than you've ever been. Roseanne Barr, thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. God bless. And you have a wonderful nap. Thank you. Take Recording care. stopped. Bye-bye. Bye.